Well, hello, kids, and welcome to episode number four of the Eager Beaver Podcast, a podcast providing incisive commentary on Canadian politics and general culture. Today, recording day is Thursday, May twentieth, twenty twenty-one, and it is just a simply glorious day weatherwise here at the Beaver Lodge, and that sun sure feels good on the pelt. I'm your host, the Eager Beaver. And I am pleased as punch that you, my dearest kits, have welcomed us into your home and into your ears yet again this week. Whether you have recently celebrated a birthday as I have, or have many months to go before you blow out those candles, all are welcome. Of course, a big thank you goes to our podcast's founding sponsors, The Peppermaster, The Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com who have all maintained their valuable support. Because it's always nice to have people who encourage you to grow. On today's episode, in the news today, kids, we'll have a cross-Canada COVID update. Things are improving. We'll chat about all kinds of men behaving badly following yet more recent sexual impropriety allegations in the Canadian Armed Forces. We'll gloat as the Conservatives' grift on Bill C-10 comes to a rather embarrassing end. And finally, we will have a deeper discussion about whether conservative leadership is bad for our health, and will likely trash talk, hey, (laughs) just gotta be honest, Ontario Minister of Long-Term Care, Dr. Marilee Fullerton, infamous for being the the of-the-moment most despised female politician in Canada, as well as Premiers Kenny, Ford, Moe, Legault, and Pallister, who are collectively holding her buck a beer and the male title belt. And... This week, our interview is with Amy Caruso, a good Canadian about whom you may not have heard before today, but who is doing very good things for mental health that Mr. Grizzly and I thought deserved some profile. We'll chat with her about her initiative and passion for community service. And we'll finish the show with a show of gratitude to kind kids who have supported us again, listener feedback, and a few, oh, shall we say, curious and lighter bits of news. So kits as pink would sing get this party started because here we go so kits before we go any further it's time to welcome my stalwart and steadfast colleague and co-conspirator the one the only and creator be thanked for that mr grizzly hello mr grizzly Hey, Mr. Beaver, how you doing? <laughs> I am doing really, really well. I'm a little older, hopefully a little wiser. <laughs> was it your birthday <laughs> your today? It was yesterday. It was yesterday? Oh, yeah. my goodness. I, I, I'm terribly sorry. I did not realize that. <laughs> it was a big day. <laughs> there was uh, lots going on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, uh, I can understand. I had an AGM last, last night to, uh, to attend as well online, oh. which was kind of interesting. Wow. Way to spend your birthday. No kidding. <laughs> I know, it was great. It was well, a good day. Well, happy birthday. Thank you so much. I won't sing. <laughs> How are your spirits, dear friend? Uh, uh, you know, the, the, there's the uh, multitude of stages of both, uh, well, you know, the, the chimera that is anxiety and depression, but the, I'm at the stage of depression where there's no despair. I don't feel worthless anymore, but I mm-hmm. do feel physically exhausted and tired all the time mm-hmm. 
I can't sleep. I get three hours sleep a night, but I'm tired all day long. Doesn't matter if I have four coffees and three Red Bull, I still feel exhausted all the time. So I think it's time to go back to the doctor and say, should I increase my medication? Because this is not working for me anymore. <laughs> and yeah. I, I honestly can't, I can't muscle through it. You know, I got to admit defeat and uh, yeah, it's time to, time to change up the meds. Well, it's, yeah, it's never a bad idea to go to, to go check in. Indeed. But, uh, yeah. I, I, well, I hope they, you know, but not that I hope that there is something, but I hope that if there is, they find something that they can uh, figure out what to do with so that you can be back to your old self. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I'm in good spirits. I'm just, I'm at the physical exhaustion stage, which is the, it's, it's a rough one, you know, cause it's like, and it's also the, I don't give a damn either. <laughs> That's the part. It's yeah. like, so you're super tired and you know, you have commitments and priorities and things that need to be done, but you're kind of like, meh, mm. meh. Yeah. Like, you have to go to work. <laughs> Clients are waiting on you. Yeah. Okay. I'll go take care of them. And then you've got phone calls all day long and emails all day long. And all you're trying to do is deal with them. But at the same token, you're just kind of like, you want to tell everybody to go straight to hell because all you want to do is go lie down. You, could, you, you can't do that. It's the worst time to feel solicited, I tell you. It is. It really is. And then, you know, add in a little bit of pollen to the mixture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun times, fun times. <laughs> oh, man. I feel for you. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll muscle I had, through. I had a day like that last week because i got my shot uh on on um uh saturday mm -hmm. and you know not because of depression or whatnot but the, the sunday you know I, I was doing really good that day you know my arm felt sore a little nine hours later and then woke up the next morning feeling fine for about two hours and then it's sort of like you know imagine like you're like running and then you meet this big wall of like melted marshmallow mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it just, everything slowed down. And then like four hours later, everything slowed down some more. And, was, and oh my God, it was like nothing terrible. Like it didn't really lock, knock me for a loop, but it was sort of like this queasy feeling, not like you want to throw up, but like Nausea. just it's not right. Mm -hmm. just, just not right. And just as, as the day went on, it was, I just got more tired and more tired. And I had these yeah. plans like making dinner and dessert and it ended up being, you know, ordering out and hoping I didn't have to send my sweetie out to pick it up. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, cry, I, you know, I, I slowed down hard, but the next day I, I was fine. But the, when the bot and it was like that, yeah, it's like, I, I just did care. It's like, all I needed is to just like, you know, lay down mm -hmm. a different turn reasons, off the world. The same feeling. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, well, I had my shot a week ago, uh, today actually. And okay. I'll be honest, I was knocked for a loop as well. And they told me what I would probably experience. I didn't experience all of the symptoms, mm -hmm. but uh, the achiness, the sore joints, the sore muscles, and the extreme fatigue, mm -hmm. I felt all of that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and it's like I was running along. Hey, no problem. I'm going to go into work this afternoon. Around noon, <laughs> I'm like, no, that's, that's not going to be happening. <laughs> <laughs> that was my day after. I'm not falling asleep on a boardroom table in a uh, high security environment. I don't think that's a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we took some time to be kind to ourselves last. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Needed. Uh, oh, okay. Well, you know, uh, with the birthday and all of that, uh, it turns out that the, this year I've declared that there are some birthday rules. Okay. 
Um, I declare that morning after birthday, brownie for breakfast is entirely acceptable and calorie free. No, <clears throat> no sugar, no sweets, no taste. No, 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 no. It's all, all sugar, all sweet, all taste, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no guilt. Con- <laughs> no guilt. When considering the same meal for lunch, it is perfectly permissible to hogtie the voice in your head, nagging, girl, you've had your slice, eat a freaking carrot, and stuffing half the remaining oh-so-yummy pan in that voice's mouth to shut it up. I agree. <laughs> During the fuzzy time between your birthday and a long weekend, post-breakfast calories are henceforth counted at half value until the Monday. That makes sense. I, I can go well. Yeah, well, I, I, can, I can dial into that. That was a suggestion from a kid. <laughs> That's and a good suggestion. Th- there's the special COVID double dip birthday rule. If this is your second consecutive pandic- pandemic birthday, while the first was unavoidable, the second was probably your, probably conservative, premier's thoughtful gift to you. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be turning 48, but given 47 was a bit of a wash, thanks Corona, the special COVID double dip birthday rule means I get to declare the clock stopped during COVID and next year on my birthday, creator willing, I get to turn 47 for real rather than 49. So, Those are the rules. Interesting rules. A friend of mine turned 60 during COVID. He's like, nope, I'm still 59 because I wanted to go to Vegas with all you crazy people and have a good party and I couldn't do that. So I'm still 59. I'm like, all right, sure. If, if that's what gets you through, man, that's what gets you through. Whatever works. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Mr. Grizzly, shall we get to the news? I think we shall, yes. All right, let's do this. Cool. Topic one, coast to coast to coast COVID roundup. On the COVID front, we appear to be over the highest risk part of the third wave as a country, but the situation is rather uneven. The national seven-day rolling active cases number has dropped from between 50 and 60,000 about 10 days ago to about 36,500 today. So better, but there's still quite a way to go. Tragically, Canada registered the 25,000th COVID-related death since our last episode. Hmm. That's a... Yeah. It's a milestone nobody wants. It hits. Yeah. Yukon is the only COVID-free jurisdiction in Canada at the time of recording, with the Northwest Territories close at 6 as its small flare-up abates, and PEI falling with 12. Nunavut, Newfoundland, and Labrador, and New Brunswick are currently managing little flare-ups with 143 cases between them. The curves in British Columbia and Ontario continue to downslope, though case levels are still high. However, In Quebec, the downward trend has picked up speed such that its case number is 3,000 fewer than Alberta's, even though the population of Quebec is nearly exactly double of that of the Prairie Province. Due to the April 28th hit-hard-hit-fast approach of Nova Scotia, Premier Ian Rankin, the massive flare-up in Canada's ocean playground province has already halved itself. He made a good decision. He just really acted fast and... uh, yeah. He, he's actually interested in protecting his citizens and less so about the economy. Yeah, no, he did it right there. 
Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe can learn something from Rankin as cases remain plateaued at hive levels from 1,300 to 1,700 for a third week in a row there. Uh, whatever mitigation measures he's using there need to be increased, mm-hmm. clearly. Very much so. But the big news remains that conservative Alberta and Manitoba are essentially the closest anything has come to a hellscape in the pandemic so far. Manitoba has switched places with Alberta as the worst place to be. Cases there are still rising despite the measures Premier Pallister put in place. Case count in Manitoba should exceed that of British Columbia, which has just over three and a half times the population sometime this week. That's bad. It's, it's just on fire. It's crazy. The situation there has been described within the province as beyond worst case scenario based on modeling. Mm. If you're out there in in, uh, Manitoba, uh, please, 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 please take care of yourselves. Mm -hmm. Follow the science, please. (sighs) Meanwhile, in Alberta, uh, it seems that things have recently just crested but ICU capacity hit records recently with about 186 of 240 beds occupied with COVID cases. Canada's three conservative-led prairie provinces now rank win-place show as the worst managed pandemics in the nation at the moment. On the vaccination side, by the time this episode airs, over 20 million doses will have been, had been administered. Over half of Canadians, about 60% of adults, will have received one dose and about 5% will have received two. Canada now has approximately the same percentage of its population vaccinated with the first dose as does the USA, but trails on second doses about 47% to 4% at Mm. the time of recording. But currently, the vaccination rate in Canada is such that it is expected we will relatively surpass the USA within weeks. This is a marathon. Mm -hmm. We're the tortoise. Mm -hmm. Always be the tortoise. Indeed. Mm, slow and steady. Wins the race every time. Yeah. I'm still one left to remember when the conservatives were saying stuff like the PM screwed this up so bad, billions around the world would be vaccinated before we would even get our first shot sometime in 2030. Yeah, was it that the member of uh, Oklaberta who said that? Yeah, Calgary boxed wine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Look, I can't stand her as a human being and I hate her politics. I will give her defense in one area and one area only when people jumped all over her for what she was wearing. That really pissed me off because quite frankly, why are you picking on her for that? There are a million things you can pick on her for. Leave her clothing options out of it. And she seems to be on the correct correct side of the, you know... Uh, acceptance of gay marriage. Yeah. It's just so contrarian about so many different things. It's it's just, but uh, just pick a lane. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, you know what? In a lot of cases, when it comes to conservatives, you know, it's also what you, (laughs) it's also what you do. But in her case, it really is the way that she does it. Mm -hmm. That's the way that she does it. Absolutely. Just so off putting. Uh, Anyway, so with an exceptional four and a half million doses arriving this week, vaccinations are now open to everyone 18 and older from coast to coast to coast and from 12 and over in certain jurisdictions. Please double check and go, Mm -hmm. go, 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 go get your vaccine. Please get your shot. 
in encouraging news, recent polling by Angus Reid reveals that despite the alleged confusion uh, surrounding Nasi's scientific statement about AstraZeneca, only 8% of Canadians who got it say that they regret their decision, that it would, they would have really, really, really preferred to get something else. So that's good. That means that most of them are pretty cool with taking their second shot. That's outstanding. Yeah. Topic two, men behaving badly. Canada's COVID effort was rocked by recent news that toppled Major General Danny Fartin as leader of the federal government's COVID-19 vaccine rollout. He was replaced by Brigadier General Krista Brody, who was elevated to the position from within the program. Brody is an Army logistics officer who spent more than 30 years in uniform. She once commanded the One Service Battalion, one of the military's largest units, and she has also served in overseas deployments in Croatia, Bosnia, Bosnia sorry, and Afghanistan. So the rollout is in solid and capable hands. We don't need to worry about that. I think we're good there. Oh, yeah. A few months ago, an allegation of indecent exposure that took place in 1989 when Fortin was a student at the Collège Militaire Saint-Jean surfaced. The matter has been deemed serious enough to be taken on by the Quebec Director of Criminal and Penal Prosecutions for further investigation. Penal prosecutions. <sighs> the joke practically writes itself. Come on. <laughs> oh, just, oh, no. uh, oh boy. <laughs> Forte is now the fourth general in recent times to have been investigated for alleged sexual misconduct. And of course, the opposition is all over this. And of course, as it frequently does, it is overreaching. It makes one beg the question. If this happened in 1989, and he's been a general for quite some time now, why is the allegation coming out just now? Is it an attempt to embarrass the sitting government? He's also been the head of the vaccine rollout for a while now. Too. Yeah, so... Just uh, as the vaccine rollout's getting good? I mean... It could be something, like I said, but everybody wonders about... People always end up wondering about timing. It's like, you know, we, we can't help it. But, yeah. You know, it, it's it, nature. People just wonder like, you know, anyway, but of course, you know, it always takes courage if we're looking at the other side to come up clean. So, no question. You know, we uh, don't know enough, no, enough to know. So, you know, right now we can only speculate like I said. So, you know, but right now with the, the amount of information that we do know in the public sphere, there's definitely enough to make the narrative one way or the other at mm -hmm. the moment because well, there's just not enough to hang your coat on one way or another. We just don't know. Agreed. And I've been actually surprised at some of the people online coming out and saying, seriously, you're going to try and charge them for this? And I've been shocked, and I'm not naming any names, but been mm -hmm. kind of shocked at the people who are coming out saying, yeah, okay, what he did was wrong, but seriously, dude, he... He was in, he was a kid, not excusing it, mm -hmm. but his front prefrontal I mean, cortex isn't formed at that point. Do we even know like what type of indecent exposure? Well, apparently it was, he dropped trow and wiggled his waggle. That was the, what I've been told. I'm like, okay. So, so basically Chuck in the moon? Uh, from the front. Oh, Okay. As gentlemen, not gentlemen, young lads are often want to do at that age in yes. college or university. It's not unheard of. Not unheard of. I'm not saying okay. there's, it's right or, I mean, it's obviously wrong, but, 
But, but that's what, what, what I'm saying. What I'm where I'm going with this is that indecent exposure can be. You're checking a moon. You were walking well, yes. around naked, and when you shouldn't have been. Like it could be, you know, in the case of you know Justice Kavanaugh or something like that, when you're like what directly coming up to someone's face, and you know, we're, you know, you're definitely targeting a person. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, like I said, you know. Oh, okay. So I did. Uh, I had uh, not uh, gotten word yet that that uh, that's what it uh, was at uh, at this time. That's what I had heard. Now it's possible that what I've heard is completely off base. I, I you know, yeah, lies, truths, half truths, innuendos. Yeah, it's nothing's been confirmed at this point. So yeah. So like I said, and again, while we're it's all we're human, and it's you know interesting to speculate you know if we're going to claim something as a fact <laughs> we can only know that which we can only know that which is in the public domain you know as chris cromwell says you can only know what you can show exactly so we won't be claiming anything as a fact here but this would be a time for this is an eager beaver political literacy moment the problem with the conservatives, James Bazan, who is the person that's been point, uh, the pit has appointed as the pit bull to this, and the NDP's Randall Garrison, they're gleefully trying to lay decades of sexual impropriety within the military at the feet of the prime minister. And, you know, the problem with that is that pretty much all these problem generals mm -hmm. and the others were in the military when... You know, 17-year career politician Bezan, first elected to parliament in 2004, was the chair of the Standing Committee on National Defense from the 21st of June 2011 to October 2013, October 28th, and parliamentary secretary to the Minister of National Defense from September 19th, 2013 to October 18th, 2015. And when Garrison, as MP of 10 years, served as the NDP's defense critic while in official opposition, briefly, but he did serve. And neither of them took action to relieve said problem military of this, these particular people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So, All of a fact, sudden, it's Justin Trudeau's fault. Yeah. It's the finger so, wagging. I know. So, but look at this, right? It's like, okay, they're all talking about this starting from 2015 on, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing, nothing from before, right? Right. O'Toole was minister Yes. <laughs> in 2015, he's now the leader of the opposition. Bazan, by that, you know, by 2015, had been on the had been on the military file already for what about four or five years, and as of now, has been on the military file for ten years. For ten years, mm -hmm. okay, he's had a critic or a, you know a parliamentary secretary role on this file. No wonder the man is working real hard to get you not to notice that he could have done a mm -hmm. lot <laughs> to weed them out before Trudeau became Liberal Party leader. Like this, you see him on the news, like this, on the panels, he gets the first question within the first question, like this. Mm -hmm. And that's why Prime Minister Trudeau, he goes right off the bat, right? Like this, he's working real hard. It's everybody else's James, fault but mine, basically, yeah, is what it is. Because James who's been on the file for 10 years. There hasn't been a minister for 10 years or whatnot, but there's been one file on the 10 year, uh, one person on the file for 10 years in one way or another, and it's him. Mm -hmm. He let this pester. <laughs> History didn't start in 2015, Mr. Bazan. <laughs> 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 and certainly sexual assaults didn't start in 2015 either. No. Right? No. Today, the conservative bid to expand the mandate of the parliamentary committee looking into the general advance matter to also look at the general forte matter 
the better to turn it into a circus, my child, <laughs> was voted down by the other parties. Finally, there is the reality that the military has a unique to itself, very secretive command and control structure in which obviously threats and intimidation and opacity make it such that the Minister of Defense can't possibly bear 100% of the onus. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows this. That both of them have also been rage-hating on survivors who express a desire to not take their cases to a high level by demanding the government bulldoze over witness wishes of survivors so they, as the opposition, can then have a bigger bat with which to throw it over the head is the ultimate in misogyny. And they do this in a really Jedi mind trick right away. Wait. No, no kidding. Bezan refers to the government respecting the wishes of survivors as being a liberal, liberal cover-up. Which means uh, gaslighting. <laughs> yeah, but which means if you take this to its logical extension, since the survivors are asking this not to be investigated further, if this is a cover-up, then this means it's a political crime, political crime to which logically the alleged survivors must also be complicit given they won't grant consent to investigate mm -hmm. indirectly. <laughs> like this, they're not thinking it through. They are accusing these women of being complicit in a cover-up. While they're appended, they're, while they're pretending to defend these women. And Garrison from the NDP. Now, this one, okay, again, the NDP, I mean, just, again, conservatives, you expect it. Yes. They don't even support pay equity. But NDP, this, is, this stuff is their bread and butter. Garrison refers to it as government blaming survivors for their inability to investigate. So if we follow that, Say what? because what he'd rather the government bulldoze over the survivors say, I'm sorry, I, uh, I'm sorry, I know you don't want me to investigate, but we're going to investigate anyway. So tell me, what's he going to do, waterboard them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, come it's on. disgusting. These two men are doing survivors no favors. They're not doing any favors. No. They clearly do not know this file. They need to sit down. Indeed, they do. This has been an Eager Beaver Political Literacy Moment. Topic 3. C-10 Blows Up. Oh, Mr. Grizzly. A beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing happened today. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> oh, you know how the conservatives have been like crying that C-10 is, you know, Trudeau coming for your free speech mm. and, you know, he wants to censor your thoughts and stuff. Well, you know, that was a big grift for them. They raised a lot of money on that. But, uh, well, the golden goose, you know more. Mm. <laughs> and it happened in such a beautiful way. Um in Quebec City at the Assemblée Nationale, uh, a motion was passed uh, to call for the Parliament of Canada to pass Bill C-10, an act to amend the Canadian Broadcast Act, and it passed unanimously. Unanimously. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> the NDP and the Bloc Québécois also support this bill. Now, here's where I like to play a game called... For this to be true, what else must also be true? Conservatives say Bill C-10 really absolutely for sure, most absolutely definitely is going to censor free speech. But the Quebec Assemblée Nationale supports it unanimously. How likely do you think that it is true that most of the sovereignist, independentist, separatist, and autonom aut autonom autonomist culture hawks in La Belle Province voted unanimously to beg Prime Minister Trudeau, to beg a Trudeau, <laughs> to curtail their ability for free expression in La Langue de Molière. 
Not bloody likely. Not bloody likely. Also, what are the odds that both Canada's prone-to-be-over-sanctimonious social justice warrior party, as well as its always-ready-to-scream-about-Canada-crushing-Quebec's-identity party, would willingly support a bill that actually did curtail free speech? Again? Not Not bloody bloody likely. likely. <laughs> this vote in the Assemblée Nationale de Québec makes it clear that the Conservatives simply pulled this right out of their ass and literally said anything to get a rise out of people. It literally was all a lie. They yeah. made it up to raise cash for about three weeks. They they literally fleeced grandma. Grifters gonna grift. Like a greedy grandson comes in and says, you know, like this, oh, I got this thing I need to buy and takes money like this. Oh, come. Mm-hmm. He's coming for your free speech like this. And all these people just like open up their wallets and gave him money. I wonder how those lie. folks feel now. It was a lie. <laughs> just like we can unilaterally reform the Senate. Was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Again, they raised money for a decade on that one. Yes. Again, the conservatives think you are stupid. And they just want you to dance to their tune. So, now that the conservative cheese stands alone, and it is painfully obvious that the manu- they manufactured all the BS outrage, I mean, the, Nas- the whole province of Quebec wants it. <laughs> all the other parties <laughs> in Parliament. So, I mean, if Trudeau's coming for your free speech, so is Jagmeet Singh, so is Blas. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Can we start wondering instead why conservatives' priorities seem to be to win the current nanosecond rather than trying to be a government waiting? <laughs> they just don't seem to have a clue, do they? Wasting our time. Indeed. Mm. Hey, Mr. Grizzly. Hey, Mr. Beaver. How you doing? I'm doing really well. I got something interesting in the mail this week. What's that? I got a book. Miss V and the Letrous Lawyer. Oh, hey, you know what? I got the what? same thing, too. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently the Miss V Mysteries is an LGBTQ cozy mystery series written by Delilah Knight. Cool. Miss V is 60, trans, and classy sassy and a bit smart assy. From her kitten heels to her chic bob, Miss V is a lady through and through. When her late aunt's lawyer is found murdered and clutching V's favorite Chanel jacket, she is immediately arrested. Can she find the real killer before the local law puts her away for good? Will she be forced to trade 50s rock and roll for jailhouse blues? Do prisons even have a happy hour? Not that I'm aware of. Oh my god, how awful would that be? That would be tragic. Tragic, totally tragic. Miss V and the Letrous Lawyer is the first book in a humorous, cozy mystery series from by Ace author Delilah Knight. On sale now wherever ebooks are sold, paperback copies are also available, or call your local library and ask them to get it in. Signed copies available at www.corvidmoonpublishing.com. That's www.corvidmoonpublishing, all in one word, dot com. The Miss V Mysteries. You need to be reading this. As the national mishmash of COVID-related lockdowns continue on, Canadians, who are typically long to anger, have made their displeasure with their provincial government's handling of the pandemic quite well known. As we've mentioned before, the four biggest COVID outbreaks in the country are still in Manitoba, Alberta, Ontario, and Saskatchewan. And for a time, Quebec was also among them. Not coincidentally, 
those five provinces happen to be led by ideologically conservative politicians, which leads us to wonder, are conservative governments bad for our health? I'm beginning to think so. Mm-hmm. Now, biases up front, this discussion is not being held in a vacuum, but rather it's taking place on top of a series of decisions by conservative governments over the past several years that have cost Canadians their lives. Including Walkerton, Ipperwash, Tainted Meat, and most infamously, the Lac Magantic derailment and explosion. But what's it all about again? Profit. Let's increase the bottom line to hell with people's lives. Conservatives will make you sick and die. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, this is, you know, the evidence speaks go. for itself, right? And now we have COVID. A May 3rd Ecos poll has showed that net approval of how provincial governments are handling COVID from the citizens in Atlantic Canada, plus 62%. In Quebec, plus 39%. In British Columbia, plus 9%. In Manitoba, and this is May 3rd, things have gotten much worse since, minus 8%. Saskatchewan was at minus 23%. Ontario, minus 49%. And Alberta, minus 57%. Ah, yes. All conservative governments of each province that has such terrible, terrible ratings. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems, I don't know about you, but when you're getting to like, there must be a mercy rule somewhere that what, like for the people, like when you get to like minus 49 or minus 57, like, I don't know, somebody should just like come in and like eject you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, One just... would hope, my goodness. But Ontario and Alberta have majorities, so, mm-hmm. and for some reason, the party caucuses will not revolt and throw their leaders out. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why either. Cult of personality, a, a fear. I just, I do not get it. I was like, it's, you know, I was like, pull an Australia, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, how could you have a conscience if you're a member of that party and watch what the leader of that party has done to the people in your province and you just sit there silently? Like, I get it. You're, you're th- afraid to lose your job, but you know what? People are losing their lives because of their ineptitude. So. Yeah. If you have a backbone and you're in the Conservative Party in any of these provinces, UCP, Conservative, Bloc Québécois, whatever the case may be, stand up and shout. Yeah. Yeah. It's like politicians keep on telling us all the time the number one job of any government is to keep their people safe. That's it. Yeah. Keeping them healthy, keeping them alive, keeping them not infected by a pandemic. I think would count as that. I would, uh, yeah. Everything else is secondary. They agreed. agreed. Everything else is secondary. If 100% of your focus and what you're doing is not on keeping people alive, not creating the conditions for them to have a good life once we get out of this pandemic, not, you know, not centered anything around that, you got the wrong priorities. Well, their priorities the are all, priorities. all just about the economy, just about business, just about the economy. Ontario is open for business. Um, Actually, as the premier of the province of Ontario, you shouldn't be getting mixed up in that. You should be mm-hmm. taking care of people and creating programs like universal basic income, increasing the minimum wage, mm-hmm. decreasing the hours worked, making mm-hmm. people's lives better. And guess what? The market will take care of itself. Exactly. If you, give, if you create an, a workforce that is educated as possible, as healthy as possible, and 
doesn't have to spend 60% of its time just feeding and housing itself in mm-hmm. order to like be able to fall asleep to go back to work the next day. Mm-hmm. Because you take all that brain power and all that effort power like this and you focus it on something else yep. because you're taking care of that part. Because the economy will take care of itself. It does. It's been proven it to do it. You look at countries like all of Scandinavia, for example, yep. where they have invest all in these people, invest in your people and it, it, your people will invest in you. Yep. Take Saskatchewan premier Scott Moe, for example. But he resisted calls to shut things down when it was time. thus causing a huge crisis. And even then his lockdown measures have been half-hearted, which explains why the province can't seem to get below a rolling seven day cases number of 1000 for at least three weeks. When Nova Scotia, which had a really sharp spike, mm-hmm. has already been there and back. Premier Scott Moe seems to be content with keeping a fire going so long as it doesn't get too big. That is not keeping people safe. That is managing hospital space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not your priority. No. That's not your job. Managing the hospital space belongs to the health officials. You're supposed to keep the people out of the hospital in the first place. That's, That's your job. Yep. Yeah, He's not, not doing difficult. his job. The other way Mo is being a dick is by somehow acting as if he knows better than the experts. Mo is single-handedly leading the way and laying the groundwork for a fourth wave in Canada. Despite the fact Saskatchewan right now is the fourth biggest COVID hotspot in Canada, Mo's already reopening restaurants for indoor dining and freaking bars. What is the deal with conservatives and alcohol? Keep the people drunk and happy and they won't know what hit them. Oh my God. Jeez. In addition, he's walking around like a peacock claiming that he doesn't need to wait until 75% of adults are vaccinated with one dose. For him, 70% will do. Is he an epidemiologist? I don't know. Now, it's a 5% difference, right? It doesn't seem like a big one, but just enough for the pissing contest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all and, it is. And perhaps a fatal decision. Agreed. Perhaps. You know, Doug Ford... He's tanking. Now there's more than one reason than just long-term care, but why is not Legault? Uh, <laughs> A lot I don't of know. people are asking. Now, Perex, the Quebecois, are cutting him some slack because Quebec, having had its 2020 March break earlier than most places, when we didn't know as much, mm-hmm. pretty much walked right into the first wave, chin up, ass out. Yes. You know, got uppercut in the chin and wound it up. Yeah, the kids and were all off. Blame that. The kids were off school uh, on the Gatineau side right here. Uh, and then, then it was like, I think two weeks later when, when the kids would have been off school here in Ontario and we, everything had come to that screeching halt, right? I mean, it was the yeah. 13th or 14th, I think when everything completely shut down, whereas exactly. you had people who were on vacation because they had a March break. Yeah. And you know, and Ford shortly before told yeah. people to go, go on March break when, yeah. when stuff from Quebec started happening, should have known better, but Lego. I mean, some people say you could say no better, but let's say we cut them some slack because mm-hmm. it's at the beginning. So maybe that's what's happening there. Um, so could very well. But be. of the five provinces, Quebec is clearly doing the best at the moment. It has the best vaccination rollout. Mm-hmm. Saskatchewan was it for the while, but Quebec has recently surpassed it and is doing well. Uh, you know, and uh, Quebec's uh, daily case rate uh, just announced today is the lowest it's had been in eight months. They're doing, they're doing what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did put a curfew on as well, where a lot of provinces didn't do that. Uh, true, and and uh, people have so he made a tough mostly call. obeyed it. He did make a tough call, a very tough call. And Mon- Montreal is 
pretty much avoided the third wave. Yes. Yes. So, now I mean, you have they have had protest anti-mask protests in downtown Montreal. And most yes. Montrealers were going, "What the hell is wrong with you people?" Yeah. But you're, you're putting us all at risk. Big, yeah, one of the four biggest metropolitan areas in the country, right? It yeah. should be COVID central, right? Should be, yes. It's not. Yeah. So, and again, like you say, that, the vaccine rollout is is I think a, a big difference there along with the curfew and they went into more of a shutdown than we ever did in Ontario. Save yep. for the very first wave a year ago, right? Yeah, exactly. So Legault seems to have learned along the way from the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why, despite the high death count early on, he's doing better. Mm-hmm. But right now, uh, Legault is potentially making one error, and he's following Scott Moe's lead. He, too, announced the 70%. So just one more little Ottawa won't tell us what to do type thing. Just, it's just spite, right? It's just why can't all you it just row in the same direction as the team, right? It's just all it's, I all I see is two children in a playground screaming. I know you are, but what am I at one another? It's this is this is what it is, right? Like, dude, the, the science says seventy five percent is a safe mark. Nope, we're going to seventy. So are you going to take full responsibility for the deaths that happen on your watch? Because you damn well should. And here's something I think we were talking about in previous weeks. Today in the news, in the UK, Mm -hmm. they have their highest daily case rate in a month. Oh, I did not see that. I missed that. About like 15 minutes before I I sat down to recording, I, I saw it and I heard it. So... They were taking hmm. off masks. They were dining. And it's yep. the variant from India. Which is the deadliest one thus far. Thus far. So, you know, here's the thing, right? It's like we're all talking about when we can take off masks and all that type of stuff. And the thing, we're because we have vaccines, what we have to worry about are mutations. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, it's a lot of mutations nothing happens you know some of them get weaker and die off like this but you know the natural selection the ones that are stronger is the more it gets to spread the more chance it has to mutate and right now the global reality is that india is mutation central yes how many generations of mutations of this virus there will be in india alone before they get it under control and that those can travel and it just seems, yeah. again, I have no epidemiological background, but every time we've thought that we've gotten this and every time around the world where everybody said he's gotten this, mm-hmm. right? India mm-hmm. thought they had it. The UK thought they had it. I guess, whoops, we don't got it. Mm-hmm. I believe in better safe than sorry. I believe that there's, I'm not saying it's absolutely sure, but I believe that there is a chance that we are being a little too cocky. Well, kids, uh, Mr. Grizzly and I really got into it, and uh, the discussion lasted way more than one segment. So we have packaged it together for you, and uh, we will be presenting it to you as a special episode coming very soon. Thanks for listening. Hello, kids. It's Mr. Grizzly, your friendly neighborhood grizzly bear, who is asking you how much you like this program. And I'm asking you if, well, you like this show, you like what you hear, and we're happy to do this for you, if you'd be willing to, you know, throw us a couple of bucks as a tip. And the reason we do this, the reason we 
ask this question is because there are some production costs involved. We're happy to give this to you, but, you know, feel free to send us a couple of dollars over uh, coffee.com. And now the website is ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver. Dollar, two dollars, 50 cents, whatever, whatever you can spare. It helps us with our production costs. Mr. Beaver. That's right, Mr. Grizzly. Uh, if you go to our coffee page, the recommended donation is $3, but it can really be anything you want, um, less or more, if you happen to like this show especially. Um, we reinvest uh, in the show. Uh, as you can tell, uh, the sound quality has improved since uh, episode one. And uh, you know we want to see where this show can go. Uh, hopefully, we can maybe get some correspondence uh, one day. Um, maybe film it uh, for YouTube. Uh, if uh, you guys have any suggestions of what you'd like to see the show become, of course, those are always welcome uh, because you know we do this for you. Um, so yeah, uh, every little bit helps. And of course, if you can't afford anything and you just like the show, then please, you know, that's quite all right send us some comments let us know what you think of it uh that means just as much to us too and don't forget the website www.ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver thanks eh and welcome back kids it's time for the interview portion of today's show and mr grizzly I think we may have a bit of a surprise for our listeners today indeed after profiling a champion athlete and a champion of intellectual thought Perhaps the kids were wondering, well, what's next? A champion of industry? Of entertainment? Well, we do have a champion for them. And it was you, Mr. Grizzly, who brought her to my attention. Well, I read about her online in uh, the Ottawa Citizen, and I thought this would be a wonderful person to have on our show. Mm, then I agreed immediately. So, um, Ms. Caruso... Um, well, like I said, I, I did read about you online and, uh, I saw, and uh, it was a, I think it was a Twitter, a Twitter, a tweet I saw on Twitter, uh, directly linking to the Ottawa citizen, um, story, a feature about you. And I thought, well, now this is just wonderful. Somebody who is local, who is doing good stuff in the Ottawa area. And I'm just pulling up your link right now. Where was it here? I saw, uh, where was the citizens? There it is. Builders. Mental Health Gala. So, founder and CEO of the Mental Health Gala. Now, mental health to me is is um, tantamount. Tantamount. What's the word? Uh, it's really, really important that we um, create and raise awareness about how people suffer from mental health issues. So, when I read about somebody uh, uh, raising awareness and funds to help focus on mental health issues in this city, it was like, we need to interview this woman. So Amy, yeah. welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. So just in case we didn't get the full name. Sorry. Uh, this is Amy Carosa. No, no, no. Founder and key organizer of the Mental Health Gala, uh, which raises funds for uh, the Royal Ottawa Hospital, but also for another cause that is, yeah, I see it. <laughs> another cause that's very important, very, very, very important. And I was wondering if you could tell us about uh, Darren. Absolutely. So um, Darren is a young girl in the city that um, took her life at a very young age. 
her family has put together this foundation just, you know, to raise awareness and to um, get younger people speaking openly about mental health issues, just so that they realize that they're not suffering alone and they can, you know, go to their peers or their their parents, their teachers um, and talk about it. They did not realize that this movement would become as large and as amazing as it has been. Um, so anyone who sees that purple heart, um, purple was Darren's favorite color. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who sees that purple heart automatically knows that it's it's that movement for youth mental health. It's now, you know, in all the schools, um, it's being taught more often, which is amazing. Thank so yes, I do, I do um, split my funds between the Royal and do it for Darren, which is actually a branch under the Royal, which happened to work out great for me, but I did want to split it between youth mental health as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I find that very important. And the work that you're doing, um, you know, on our show, we believe that democracy is something that you do. So we believe in, you know, being engaged and uh, part of our show is of course, to try and increase, you know, increase media and political literacy, but also, you know, civic engagement, you know, you need to get involved and, this is why we're, you know, when we're saying that we have a champion here, like we really do have a champion mm-hmm. because you saw a need and Thank you, you got so your much. friends and family together and you just yeah. decided to create something. And now this something is what in fourth or fifth year now? Yep. This will be the fifth year, the fifth year. Yes. Um, yeah. So you don't have a lot of years in it before you get hit with COVID. No. Because yeah. establishing a brand, especially for a fundraiser, is very difficult. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just starting to get going. The ball was just rolling. We were the getting bigger and stopped. bigger. Yeah. And then, boom, right before the last last year's gala. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, so how the, was that? The 10-ton weight was dropped upon you. Yes, exactly. Um, it was difficult. Like I said, um, it started in 2017. And it actually came about, I was, um, I was seeing all these posts about... Um, Bell Let's Talk Day in mm-hmm. Jan, the very end of January. It's the last week of January every year. Mm-hmm. And I still was not speaking of what I was going through, which again, just like you, was um, was anxiety and depression. And so I saw everyone, you know, posting on social media about what they're going through and people that, you know, I've known for years, family members, good friends that were posting about what they were going through. And I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, this is, you know, you realize then you're really not alone as cliche as that sounds. But um, so then I kind of posted my first little, you know, spiel about it. And, and, um, and then I was talking to my friend who owns Salas San Marco, um, which is a banquet center in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I want to raise funds and I love event planning. I, I would plan an mm-hmm. event every week if I could. I love <laughs> event planning. It does not stress me out at all. Yep. It's so exciting for me. And I've also been on so many charity com- committees. So, you know, I kind of put my two passions together and I was like, you know, I want to do something and I don't know if anybody's going to come mm-hmm. and I want to do it in May because May is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is in, you know, six weeks by this point. This is like later on in the in the year. And I was like, I'm like, but it's on my mind and I just want to do something. Like, I just want to try to raise the money. He's like, you know, yeah, he's like, if you get 10 people, it's, it's, you know, it's better than nothing. Yes. So, so that's what I did. And I had, um, it was just kind of like a friends and family event is how it started. Cause it was so soon. And we raised about $13,000 that first year. Wow. Royal. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, 
it was great. And then I thought it was going to be a one-time thing and people were leaving and they're like, next year we want three tables instead of one table. And next year I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this again next year. And then oh, the next year, cool was like, yeah, then the next year grew to almost 250 people. And then it was about $26,000 that was raised. So it was just, it was just getting bigger in wow. 20, in 2019 was the last in-person gala and mm-hmm. we were at 350 people we had raised over, I think, $56,000 that night. Um, Magnificent. And, and then I was preparing for the next year, like a year in advance. And then it, in March, when we got the announcement, um, you know, you don't know. It's two weeks at the beginning. So I was like, okay, maybe by May it'll be open. And then, I mean, 14 months later, we were here. But, yeah. um, but closer to, I just, I had to cancel it. And unfortunately, but we still did a, an online auction mm-hmm. because there was an auction at the gala every year. I had already, you know, accumulated all these items from small businesses in the city. And I still wanted to promote them, especially during this time. And yeah. um, so, you know, I was like, can we still do this? And we did an online auction. We raised a little over $10,000. Okay. Um, and again, it's it's better than nothing, right? Anything yes. to help the cause is, yes. is worthy. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and here the, we are. There's a market. There's a need. There is a need, a tremendous but need. It, and it also lets us know, like, uh, how would I put it? Just how often our conversations with the people that we love are on the surface level. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. that we're skimming the top. Very how are you? Well, you know, we say we're fine because we don't want to get into it. And we accept mm-hmm. fine as an answer because, you know, we don't want to get into it or we don't have time right now to have like the half hour conversation that comes. So, you know what? Today, Today, today sucks. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, remember and what fine I'm, stands for. Yes, yes. Effed up, <laughs> insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Fine. Yes. So when somebody says, how are you doing? I'm fine. No, hair is fine. If you're fine, we need to have a conversation. Precisely. And someone who's always fine is not fine. Correct. <laughs> that's, that's, like, that's the first clue. So it's... Um, uh, we there's a hunger for things that are more real Mm -hmm. right to have the real conversation and i personally believe one of the benefits of keeping it real is that you know when you tell people today i'm having a bad day yes the opposite the opposite thing happens is that when you tell people today my god if i felt any better i'd be triplets Mm -hmm. you know you mean it Mm -hmm. right because the answer of how are you is the real one there's we need to make room for these conversations for the real real conversations i agree mm-hmm. I, i'm curious miss Caruso, what was the the uh, what was your your spark for this like i mean you started to explain it and, yeah. and it's like what was what was your moment where this is exactly what i need to do like what was your deciding factor to say this is what i'm going to do and i'm i'm going to make it happen great question that's a good one. Um, you know, again, Bell Let's Talk Day, seeing everybody else. Um, but I think it was also a way to cope with my own mm-hmm. issues as well, because again, nobody really knew what I was going through. My family didn't know. I mean, maybe one of my friends or two of my friends, closest friends knew. Um, but it was a way for me to do something, saying that it was other people that I was doing it for. Um, but it was also healing me in the meantime, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. It makes total you know, I have, sense. I have family members who have used the Royal as yeah. well, multiple times. And, 
Um, you know what I mean? So it was, you know, it was very obvious to me that I wanted to put my funds there, but, um, yeah, it was kind of, yeah, I'm doing this for all the people around me who need it. Tell us more about this year's event. Clearly it's, it's not going to be a get together gala. I mean, I've seen the pictures. I mean, people just, wow. They doll up. I mean, they they really make a night out of it. Well, who doesn't want to suit up, right? Any chance I get to suit up, I take. Right. That's how I started it as a, as a more of a formal event, just because you don't get to dress up in gowns every day. Right. So, mm. um, yeah, this year is, of course, a little different. We're doing it virtually. So because the event has been at Salas San Marco every year, we are doing a dinner for two from Salas San Marco. OK. Um, nice. So it's a three course dinner for two people. And in this bag comes a bottle of wine for your dinner. Um, and then a bunch of local um, companies and, and businesses have reached out to me being like, I, w- I want to donate. I want to put something in your bag. So it wow. has turned into a huge goodie bag, nice, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, yeah. So there's been sponsorship from whatever floats your soap. So a little bar of soap. I really wanted some self-care items. Mm-hmm. Um, Zoe's Corner has put in a bath bomb. We have our friends at Matty and Evo that have put in mini Nutella and David's teas. Um, we have Silver Swallow Kombucha, who's putting in a large bottle of kombucha in every bag. We have, you know, Boston Pizza donated small bubbly bottles for each bag. And oh my gosh, there's so much. And then we have this envelope um, that's going to go in there with coupons to small businesses to help them during this time. So that was another thing that was really important to me. Um, if anybody or if any business you know, whether they were struggling or not, wanted to put in a little bit of promotion. That's just going to be some coupons, discount codes to give them business um, as well, which is, you know, super difficult during this time. So any help Mm -hmm. that I could do for that as well was important to me. Are people still, you know, dressing up at home? Are they being encouraged to do that? Because I mean, you know, this is like a lot of sweatpants and t-shirts. and (laughs) I know. So I, I, I did, I did uh, kind of make that post out on social media being, being like, are you going to be dressing up this year? Because they're not going to be on the screen. It is, it's virtual, but it's our live DJ. We have a saxophone player. We have some speakers that will be speaking, but, um, you know, technically behind the screen, they don't have to dress up, but just to get them feeling good. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you dress up a little bit, you feel a little better. So hopefully we'll get some people dressing up and posting some pictures from their virtual gala. And um, I, I can't wait to see that. Because if there are no pictures, it didn't happen. Exactly. <laughs> true, true enough. True enough. PR rule number one. <laughs> Photos exactly. to prove it. Um, uh, how can uh, our listeners uh, participate? So tickets did, ticket sales did end yesterday, but I'm going to extend it a couple more days um, just because, especially for this podcast, I really wanted to, um, you know, spread the word a little bit more and why mm-hmm. not? So the pickup date of the gala bags will be at Salsa Marco next Saturday, May 29th, um, between the hours of 12 and 5. So if they go on our website, mentalhealthgala.com, they can purchase the package and choose their pickup day and choose our pickup time and um, their choice of meals. So there's a choice between the appetizer, the main and the dessert um, that they get to choose, which is nice. Uh, yeah, and then we're always accepting donations. I mean, we have some great sponsorship. We have some platinum sponsors this year, um, LDC Precision Concrete and Daniel Fernandez Law Office, who have been there every year. Um, and then Victoria Trattoria in the Ottawa area mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. has been our bronze sponsor. So um, any sponsorship, any donation, doesn't matter how small, um, anything helps the cause. 
Well, Amy, we hope that uh, by uh, giving this opportunity and this platform that uh, we will have helped the cause. Uh, please uh, come back and let us know how it went. We would love to get I an update. I will. That would be and, great. Thank you. And if, uh, if well, I assume that there will be, because I like to think positively and manifest. <laughs> so when there is one following year, next year, and people will be able to attend, if there's any way we can pitch in to help with that, we would be honored and privileged. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. That means a lot. Thank you. Hi, this is Mr. Grizzly telling you that, um, well, I don't have hands. I have paws and claws, but if I had hands, I'd be more than happy to wash them. And if a mask would fit over my giant snout, I'd be happy to wear it. But I live in the woods and climb trees for a living and eat salmon on occasion. You don't do that. So please wash your hands wear a mask, and remember to stay two meters apart. And if two meters is complicated, that's about the length of two hockey sticks on average. We good? And we're back. At this point in the show, Mr. Grizzly and I would like to offer our gratitude to the kids out there who've liked what we do and have kindly tipped us so that we may keep going. Our thanks go to Kit Nikki A, not only for generously being a two-time supporter, but for writing in to say, another excellent episode and loved hearing from Colin Hodgson. Been a curling fan since I was a kiddo. Cheers. Well, cheers to you too. And thank you for your support and encouragement. And uh, Kit, the revolutionary bard, wrote in and made Mr. Grizzly very happy with this one. So I'm going to let him take this one. Mr. Grizzly. Good morning. I finished the interview with Colin Hodgson last night. Honestly, I loved it. I found it funny, interesting, honest, and just very real. I also feel the interview flowed very well. It felt like there was a real roadmap as to the direction of your questions. In my original message to you, I mentioned building that relationship with listeners is what will keep them coming back, that they need to feel as though they know you. Well, I'm proud to say you got me. At the end of part one, as Mr. Grizzly was talking about his struggle with mental health, I literally froze. I have struggled with depression and anxiety for over 20 years. When I was originally diagnosed at 15, I spent several years seeing psychiatrists and therapists. Unfortunately, at the time, the medication just didn't work for me, and I had a difficult time relating with these doctors who I felt didn't understand what I was feeling. I spent close to the next 20 years struggling with it unsuccessfully. Just in the past couple of months, after a very dark moment and some help from a close friend, I started seeing doctors again. I'm back on medication, and I'm starting to feel great. My good days are finally starting to outnumber the bad. Mr. Grizzly's honesty about his experience is the first time that I've heard someone describe exactly how I felt. I can't explain the way that made me feel. The weight I felt lift off me at that moment was liberating. The conversation leading up to and after this point, where Colin spoke of his personal hardships, was outstanding. I really appreciated that your questions were structured to learn about his struggle both before and behind the spotlight. Love the rapid fire at the end. FYI, I'm also extra Canadian when I travel. This was the first interview. I'm really excited to watch this grow. Please let Colin know that I really appreciate how much time he gave and for his openness and honesty. I wouldn't consider myself a curling fan and he had my full attention the whole way through. Please thank Mr. Grizzly for me as well, not just for sharing 
but also for being such a great advocate for mental health awareness. You worked really, really hard on this, and it shows. Well, oh my. Wow. I'm getting frisson, as they say en français. <laughs> Les goosebumps. Yeah. That, uh, that means a lot to me, actually, uh, to know that um, my um, openness with what goes on in my brain was able to help somebody. I'm actually getting choked up. It, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm able to help anybody any way I can, and I'm always here to do that. So, yeah, you're very welcome. I'm glad I could help. Hmm. Thank you, kids, for this great feedback. <laughs> I mean, uh, gives us wings. <laughs> Better than <Yes>. Red Bull. <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. So if you have a comment, uh, constructive criticism, something you'd like us to talk about on the show, uh, news about something good that happened to you, uh, or about something good in which you're involved, do let us know. You can write to us on our True North Eager Beaver page on Facebook or by tweeting us at True Eager. We would be overjoyed to hear from you. Now, usually at this point, we like to take a quick look at stories that didn't make us want to inject bleach. But this week, we had some breaking COVID news you could use and wanted to get it out to you before it got stale. First, if you live in Ontario, vaccinations are now available for children 12 and up. Also, Ontario will be giving second doses of AstraZeneca to those who want it. If you were vaccinated between March 10th and 19th with AstraZeneca and would like your second shot, 50,000 doses must go into arms before they expire around June 2nd. The UK, which has been reporting, which has been reopening, has just reported the highest daily case infection rate in about a month. This may be an early indication that the variant from India may be particularly more communicable. Deputy Chief Public Health Officer Howard New warns that relative to many countries, Canada has a pretty low infection rate, which means there is, which means there is here way more potential human force through which it can burn the forest fire that is COVID. Should premiers not manage well this third reopening? So please be careful out there. Yes, please. If removing masks, please exercise caution as we don't yet fully know what surprises may still be around the corner. Finally, if you hear any politicians this week trying to fearmonger about the fact, air quotes, only... 600,000 doses of Pfizer are coming coming in, tune them out. Nothing's wrong. Pfizer simply delivered some of the regular allotment prior to the long weekend. 2.4 million doses of Pfizer will be arriving weekly in June, and another shipment of Moderna will arrive before the end of May. And that's the news you can use. Well, let's, uh, let's hope people are uh, caution, play, uh, approach this with caution. Let's hope we don't have a fourth wave. A fourth mm-hmm. wave? <laughs> you, you just you got that, right? It's, it's kind of hard to say it and not sound like I'm um, a Ford wave. Ford v- wave. Yeah, fourth wave. Let's hope we not have one. Um, yes. I, I'm, look, I, I'm desperate for theaters, gyms, pubs, shopping centers to reopen. I really am. Um, mm-hmm. I... I me too. I, I miss all of that tremendously. Um, but if if staying in a lockdown state for a little bit longer will prevent a fourth wave, hey man, I'll 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 do my part. It doesn't make it easy. I mean, you know, I live alone in a one bedroom apartment in downtown Ottawa. It, lots of parkland where I live, thankfully, so plenty of places to get out, walk around. I've got the Rideau Canal to cycle and walk beside. Thank goodness, but. 
just missing the camaraderie of my friends, you know, being able to go over for a dinner party, sit on a patio at a pub and have a couple of cocktails, uh, you know, mm-hmm. some wings on a Wednesday night and a couple of cold beer on a hot summer evening. Sounds like a wonderful thing. And we're deprived of that right now. And, and the weather's beautiful. So let's just hang tight, hold fast and uh, do our part yeah. to take care of one another. It's, it's a it's a real life marshmallow test. One yes. marshmallow an hour, two of them later. Yeah. So, kids, that's the end of this episode of the Eager Beaver podcast. We hope you had as good a time listening to us as we had putting this together because <laughs> this week was much easier than last. That's for sure. Yeah. Despite a uh, couple welcome- of technological errors, it still was much easier. <laughs> yes. We welcome feedback in the form of compliments, bribes to be on the show, constructive criticism, gentle corrections if we got anything factually incorrect, happy stories of things that have happened to you or your dear ones, and participation in our listeners challenge. We want to see your spring has sprung pictures. You can do all of that on our Facebook blog page, uh, The True North Eager Beaver, or at True Eager at Twitter. And if you really like this podcast, you can find us on Google, Spotify, Apple, and Mixcloud. So tell your friends. And finally, if you really, really, really like this podcast and wish to encourage us to do more, we work for tips. Please feel free to buy a cup of coffee for uh, Mr. Grizzly here or a mug of hot chocolate for me via our coffee page at coffee.com eager beaver. That's ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver all in one word lowercase from the beaver lodge this is your eager beaver saying until next time dear kids it can be a tough world out there so be kind to and gentle with yourself bye mr grizzly see you later the podcast super friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.